Well, welcome everyone to this Monday evening session, Back to Basics class. Welcome to our new folks, um, Heather. Hi, Heather. <laughs> welcome. And uh, might get one or two brand new folks too. Um, we're, tonight, we're going to talk about um, a lot, you know, the usual <laughs> forgiveness, <laughs> of course, of miracles, <laughs> what it is, but as Jesus always does, what it isn't. It's good to know what the course isn't before we, we go get off and running into what it uh, actually is. So looking at some of the things it isn't, this is much to Dave Van Dyke's dismay. This is not a course about being gentle with ourselves. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> this is not a course about love. <laughs> this is not a course about peace. I mean, the good news is eventually if you do the course, you'll have all that stuff. <laughs> you'll be gentle with yourself. You'll feel peaceful. Um, you know, you'll have a good day. But this is not a course about going around making myself be patient, making myself be gentle, making myself do anything, really. <laughs> um, the emphasis on the course is... Um, about removing the blocks that I'm all hanging on to that are keeping me from an experience of being patient with myself, that are keeping me from an experience of loving you and loving myself in a true way, um, keeping me from experience of being gentle and patient and kind and grateful, et cetera, et cetera. This is not specifically a course about doing those things that experience of those things and they're good stuff i mean be, being gentle with ourselves is good being patient with ourselves is good being loving with ourselves and with everyone else is really good but they're a result of the process that the course talks about and it's not going around trying to be that stuff that the course talks about in fact <laughs> if we're really honest about it it's about looking at how much i do not want to be patient first that's what's standing in the way. What's standing in the way of my being gentle with you and with myself is how much I'm not gentle. <laughs> how, how, what keeps me from being patient with you and myself is how much I don't want to be patient. <laughs> I want it now. <laughs> I want you fixed now so I feel better. <laughs> so this isn't a course, you know, strictly speaking, this is not a course about Love this is not a course about peace. This is a course about undoing. Undoing is a big word in the course. It's in there like 180 times. So the focus goes from being that stuff that basically internally we threw out the window when we kind of pushed Jesus out the window. You know, we threw away patience. We threw away kindness. We threw away gentleness. And so now the way to undo that, the way to allow ourselves to have that experience that basically we threw away is to undo the blocks, the obstacles that are keeping us from having that experience. So, you know, in a lot of ways, this is not a course about meditation. <laughs> this is not a course about walking around doing mantras and affirming, I wanna be peaceful or I am peaceful. This is not a course about loving. This is not a course about going to course meetings. 
they can be helpful, you know, do them if you want to. And it's fun. And it's fun for all of us to have a chance to get together, especially during the pandemic. But this is not a course. There's no mention of course meetings in the entire Course of Miracles. What is talked about a lot is this undoing process right from the get go. I mean, if you look at page one in the introduction in the text, um, this is the introduction to A Course of Miracles. In uh, paragraph one, line six, he says, the course does not aim at teaching the meaning of love. Love's already a done deal. <laughs> we're the ones that threw love out the window and now we're trying to pretend we didn't. We just have to stop throwing love out the window. <laughs> this is not a course about peace. This is a course about removing the obstacles to peace, removing the obstacles to love. The first obstacle to peace in, in Obstacles to Peace in chapter 19 is the desire to get rid of it. <laughs> I didn't want peace. Internally, I made some kind of crazy decision not to have peace. I made some kind of crazy internal decision not to have love. And then rather than fess up to that and let that silliness go, we're off and running believing that now I'm in a world and my lack of peace is because of what the world is doing to me. Sometimes what I do to myself, but mostly it's what the world's done to me. Relationships, people, bosses, traffic, etc. The reason I'm not patient right now, I'm blaming that on other people. How can I be patient with them when they're doing terrible things? Reason I'm not gentle with them and with myself is because look at the world. I mean, those are the kind of reasons that would come up not, not to be loving, kind, and peaceful with others and with ourselves because the world's a rough place. And in time and space, you know, not very nice things happen. But the world was made that way. From the Course's point of view, it's not a real Christian kind of thing. God did not create the world. As, as a separated son of God, we made up the world so we could blame our own responsibility for pushing love away, for pushing peace away, for pushing kindness away, for, for pushing gentleness away. We blame that on the world. So he's not telling us not to meditate. <laughs> he's not telling us not to go for a walk when we need a walk. But what he is telling us to do is that if we want to do the course and we want to practice it, we have to remove the obstacles that we put up to our having and realizing we can have an experience of peace right now. We can have a quiet time. We can have peace of mind. But first we have to look at all the ways that we specifically push that away, that experience, and now we're blaming it on the world. And so it's looking at those are the first two steps of forgiveness. There's three steps of forgiveness in the course. The first step is, you know, a reiteration of, of, of lesson five. What if I'm not really upset because of what you're doing to me or what the world is doing to me? What if I'm not upset for the reason I think? And I think all kinds of things about the world. In other words, I'm judging the world like crazy. I'm saying, look what you did and you're responsible for my lack of peace. Or look what you did to somebody else who was pretty innocent and now you're responsible for their lack of peace. And in time and space, that may be true. <laughs> but what if we're not, we're not these, these creatures of time and space? What if we're real, still really in our true essence, in our true identity, we're still one son of God? 
just pretending we're not. And then rather than stop pretending we're not the son of God, we make up a world to blame our lack of peace on. That's what the course is about. So yeah, meditation's fine. <laughs> eat the way you want to. If you want to eat healthy, fine. This is not a course about having a healthy personality or a healthy body. You know, it's not, it's not a course about all kinds of things. <laughs> it's really a course about admitting how judgmental we are and then being willing to look at that. And am I willing to let those go with a lot of help <laughs> from the Holy Spirit or from Jesus or whatever that internal voice of love is inside of each of us? That's the process of the course. So, you know, do all that stuff. I mean, eat the way you want to, meditate if you feel like it, take an aspirin if you have a headache. But the course's process is admitting the judgments, how much I'm judging my brother, I'm willing to let that go, I'm willing to see beyond that. And then ultimately I let go of judging myself for believing I separated from God in the first place. So, I, you know, in the early days, Wapnick used to talk about skipping steps <laughs> and it you know it was kind of like one of those phrases that he would drop and like if you were new at the foundation you had no idea what he was talking about what do you mean skipping steps even if you knew the you know like forgetting this sort of had three steps you didn't realize he was talking about that in other words we want to go from you know from go <laughs> in monopoly all the way over to boardwalk <laughs> And, and, and he's like, no, 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 you got to go through this process first <laughs> of realizing how much you don't want to go there. You don't want to have peace. Because otherwise, it, it, that's the honesty thing. I mean, internally, we're being, you know, internally, we're saying, I don't want peace, I'm throwing it away. Externally, I'm saying, yeah, that I feel that, but it's your fault. So I have to start being honest about what the source of my pain is what the source of my impatience is, what the source of all the crazy stuff I'm feeling is, what if I'm not upset for the reason I think? And, and ask for help to see that, because we can't do that by ourselves. And all that, all that process gets pointed out through the whole course. So let's see. So it really is about like, okay, so back to page one, the introduction, paragraph one, line six, the course does not aim at teaching the meaning of love for that is beyond what can be taught. I mean, you can throw all those other words in there. This course does not aim at teaching gratitude for that is beyond what can be taught. Meaning what needs to be taught is how judgmental I'm being and how I can ask for help to let that go. And then I will be grateful. <laughs> I'll be grateful for you. I'll be grateful for me. I'll be grateful all this crazy stuff is made up. I let go of, of, of my judgments against you and ultimately against myself and all that good stuff kicks in. All those 10 characteristics of God in the back in the manual, generosity, honesty, patience, faithfulness, open-mindedness, they kick in after I go through the process of letting go of judgments. Not after I walk around the park saying, I'm gonna have a peaceful day. <laughs> First of all, I have to look at and admit how much I do not wanna have a peaceful day. 
And if I'm not having a peaceful day, it automatically means, from Jesus's point of view, that I'm hanging on to judgments, I'm not admitting it, and I don't want to let them go. And no matter how much I meditate, no matter how much I try to be gentle, no matter how much I try to be patient with myself, it ain't going to happen. Because <laughs> there's going to be this internal part of me that does is terrified of that happening. So once again, take a walk, <laughs> if you want to take a walk. You know, you can do the mantras too, if you want to do the mantras. I mean, if they're helpful, you know, it, this is all kind of supporting us in this process of waking up to it's the judgments that are keeping us from an experience that feels really good. And that's what I need to work on. That's what the course is, is saying over and over and over again. I need to undo, and I don't even do it. I need to let the Holy Spirit undo my judgments. My belief that I'm upset for the reason I think. That's what the course is about. That's what he says in line seven. The course does aim, however, at removing the blocks, at undoing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, to the awareness of peace's presence, to the awareness of, of, of gentle, the presence of gentleness, of generosity, of open-mindedness. All that stuff's there. I'm the one that's blocking it. So I have to let the Holy Spirit help me remove those obstacles to peace, i.e. my judgments about you and ultimately my judgments about me. Otherwise, we never go back to the real issue in the mind. I mean, once we're hooked up with Jesus <laughs> in the mind, <laughs> we, we, we'll, we'll be gentle automatically. It won't be a big deal. We'll be patient with each other. It won't be a big deal. We'll be generous with each other. We'll be helpful. We'll be loving. We'll be kind. But all that stuff, if I'm trying to do that by myself, it ain't going to work. Because I'm insisting, I'm upset for the reason I think, and I'm not, I'm not admitting it's because I threw those things away internally. I threw the awareness of Jesus, of love's presence, in my, in my internal awareness. I threw that away. And now I'm blaming something or somebody in the world for it. So, I mean, that's why this is a course about undoing. This is a course about looking at our judgments, admitting them, and being willing to allow the Holy Spirit to undo our belief in those judgments. So step five, I'm upset, you know, the opposite of step five is I'm upset for the reason I think. I'm judging you for the reason I think. But that's what's keeping me from having peace. That's what's keeping me from being gentle with you and with me. So that's what needs to be undone. You know, other systems, other, other spiritual systems do it different ways. But this, this focus on undoing judgments, allowing those judgments to be admitted, to be recognized, to realize the price we're paying for those, how they keep us stuck from having an experience of gentleness and peace. That's what this course is about. That's how this course is different than a lot of other spiritualities. And, and you know, if they work for you, great. <laughs> you know, definitely do them. Just don't, you know, just try to keep in mind that the course's spiritual process is this undoing that Jesus talks about 180 times at least 
throughout the entire course. Any, any objections or Dave left right away, he put up a Beatles thing. <laughs> I don't know what that means even. <laughs> Dave, come back. <laughs> oh, sh I thought Dave was mad at me. <laughs> read, read the title, man. All you need is love. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I ignored that totally. <laughs> Get with the program, Tim. Come on. That's good. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. <laughs> All right. Anybody else? I mean, it, it sounds subtle. I mean, it, you know, the course really is about having an experience of love and peace. I mean, that's why we're doing this. But the way to have it, the way to have all that good stuff in the 10 characteristics of the advanced teacher of God is by first removing our, our own obstacles that we put up to having those experiences. And whatever we can do along the way to enhance that is a good thing. <laughs> um, let's see. So it does aim, however, at removing the blocks, the awareness of love's presence, which is our natural inheritance. Our natural inheritance is to be gentle with each other. Our natural inheritance is to be kind, is to be patient, is to be grateful for each other. But as long as I'm hanging on to any judgments at all and I'm feeling justified about them, that's what's stopping me from having those experiences. So, and, and yeah, you know, I want to learn to be more gentle with myself, <laughs> but it's not by, you know, it's not by, by me, Tim is going to be more gentle with Tim. That's just the ego taking control of the situation, especially if I'm leaving out that internal voice of love. The problem still remains. I've thrown love away and now Tim is going to help Tim. <laughs> Tim's going to be gentle with Tim. Tim's going to learn how to be patient. <laughs> Good luck with that, <laughs> especially after I threw patience away. <laughs> Is this making any sense? <laughs> I hope <laughs> a little bit. Somebody nod. Yeah. Dave, Dave, Dave's nodding. I, I'm good. <laughs> All right. All right. Very good. Yay. So, you know, it, it, this, this is how we left heaven. This is how we get back. <laughs> This undoing process. So we did this, or we thought we did. We thought we left heaven. We made up a separated self and ego. Rather than let that stupid idea go, <laughs> we're off and running believing we actually did it. And then when that gets projected onto the world, and then we do a world. And then we do blame and condemnation in the world to point the finger at what we now believe is robbing us of patience, gentleness, kindness, etc., And totally justified from a world's point of view. But once again, what if that's not why we're upset? So we, we, first we look at the world, we undo, we allow, we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and show us, maybe I'm not upset for the reason I think. Maybe all the finger pointing I'm doing against my favorite political bad guy or, you know, my boss because I'm mad at them or traffic or whatever it is I'm mad at or upset with or believe something in the world is robbing me of my peace. What if that's just not true? 
What if it has nothing to do with them and I'm just using them as an excuse, even though in time and space, they might be doing something off the wall. So undo my belief that I'm right, that I'm right about this. I know I'm upset and then allow the Holy Spirit to undo my belief that I could even throw love away, that I could actually be impatient, that I could actually be unkind, that I could be this thing apart from heaven, my true identity, our true identity. That's the process of the course. So let's see. And, you know, he, he says it in so many different ways in so many different places. But as an opening meditation, I wanted to look at um, Lesson 351. Lesson 351, it's on page 480 in the workbook. So, I mean, what he's saying here is, you know, the buck stops from the ego point of view with my brother. I'm blaming him for my lack of peace. I'm, I'm blaming him for the pain I'm feeling. However, when I'm beginning to, to look at the possibility that maybe I'm not upset for the reason I think, and maybe his true innocence is still intact, in spite of what he did or didn't do, that my sinless brother becomes the way back. So my sinless brother is my guide to peace. However, my sinful brother and all my finger pointing I'm doing at him is my guide to pain, is my guide to impatience, <laughs> is my guide to not being very gentle with him or me. All the finger pointing I'm doing causes all that lack of all that good stuff. So my sinless brother is my guide back. Am I willing to see him that way in spite of what he did or didn't do? That's why it's so fundamental in the course that, that we begin to admit how judgmental we are and not deny it, not try to even stop being judgmental. <laughs> I mean, heaven forbid, <laughs> but, but, but to begin to look at it and admit it and then realize how much pain we're in, even if we think we're right. The running line throughout the course if you when you're exposed to the course enough is do you want to be right or happy of course the ego's answer is i want to be both <laughs> i want to be happy because i am right jesus no 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 you're not right about being upset for the reason you think and you're not right either that you left heaven and you could do all these things that's how we're happy that's how we become peaceful again. That's how we become gentle again. That's how we become kind again. When we realize all we put down all those blocks to that experience. So yeah, if you want to be, if when we want to be more peaceful and we know we're not being very gentle right now, well then just look for the finger pointing we're doing. <laughs> Work on that. Pull the rug on that. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you pull the rug on that. And then that will be being more gentle with your brother and yourself. That will be being more patient with him and yourself. That's the way we get it. And, and anything, you know, whatever I just jump in and I'm going to do it, <laughs> it, it usually is, you know, without, without me admitting it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be more patient. I'm going to learn patience, but I'm not going to ask for help to do it. Eight zillion times in the course, Jesus is always telling us, you got to ask me or the Holy Spirit or some 
semblance, internal voice of love inside of you for help to do this. Because we're so locked in doing all this by ourselves. Without God, that was the problem to begin with. Without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit. So my sinless brother is my guide to peace. My sinful brother is my guide to pain and all that terrible stuff. In which I choose to see, I will see. So Lynn, Corona, you want to read that lesson 351? We'll get quiet. <clears throat> I'll try to get quiet for a little bit. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> okay. Just a second. <laughs> I'll be there. All righty. <clears throat> lesson 351. <clears throat> my sinless brother is my guide to peace. My sinful brother is my guide to pain, and which I choose to see, I will behold. Who is my brother but your holy son? And if I see him sinful, I proclaim myself a sinner, not a son of God, alone and friendless in a fearful world. Yet this perception is a choice I made and can relinquish. I can also see my brother sinless as your holy son. And with this choice, I see my sinlessness my everlasting comforter and friend beside me and my way secure and clear. Choose then for me, my father, through your voice, for he alone gives judgment in your name. Thanks, and we'll get quiet for a little bit. I'll bring us out. And gently, gently come back. Any, anything on that so far? Go ahead, Abe. Yeah, so, you know, I've often wondered uh, uh, about the title of the book, A Course in Miracles. Uh, it could have been called A Course in Forgiveness. So I'm wondering, you know, why not call it A Course in Forgiveness? Yeah, I, 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 uh, I know Helen and Bill would 
argue with Jesus about the title. <laughs> and for some reason, he wouldn't give in on it. <laughs> Especially since it wasn't mir miracles. There was only one miracle. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't really, you know, and certainly the way we think of miracles, the way we think of anything, including forgiveness. I don't know why Jesus stuck with it. Ask him, ask him, Abe, and let me know what he tells you. <laughs> and he would, yeah, you know, he didn't back off on that. <laughs> Go ahead, Kathy. Yeah, you're talking about uh, us choosing the pain tonight. I have uh, just realized that I'm actually use uh, my physical pain at times as way as pushing Jesus's God's love away and the patience and all that. So uh, thank you for this topic tonight and, and going into detail about it. It's very helpful for me. It's good. Thanks, Kath. One of the things it, it certainly helps me to look at, um, especially when, when it's a physical pain and it's pretty acute, whether it's a headache um, or, you know, it's, it's, it's some, usually it's a neurological thing that's breaking down <laughs> and I don't want to look at it, <laughs> but whatever it is that's causing the pain, it's pretty, sometimes it's pretty intense. And I'm like, why, why are you doing this to me, God? <laughs> so, you know, there's not a not so subtle, like, hint that I'm blaming God for letting this happen. Once again, there's blame going on. And usually, if I'm really honest, uh, you know, there's, there's probably people that I blame, you know, I can certainly blame my parents for not raising me right. <laughs> if only they had raised me right, I, I wouldn't be in so much pain right now. Definitely, had they had taught me to exercise and eat better, I, I wouldn't be in so much pain right now. Usually, behind all physical pain, there's a face, too. In fact, in fact, I can't even imagine a scenario where there's not, if I'm really honest about it. So, in, in, the, in the Beatles song, All You Need Is Love, the original version of the Beatles song was, all you need is to stop throwing away love and stop blaming it on somebody else. But that didn't hit fit the music so they just kind of condensed it to all you need is love but you just need to stop throwing love away because <laughs> you already got it you don't even need it <laughs> all you need is to wake up you still got the love <laughs> you still got the patience you still got the gentleness but we're using all these excuses not to have it and the excuses are i blame somebody else for not having it What do you think about that, Dave? <laughs> I didn't realize you were a professor of musicology. Oh, yeah, I studied it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Apparently, you were in there at the very beginning, so. It was in one of my, you know, tactical diversions from the truth. Tangential, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. So yeah, the the ten characteristics of God. I mean, they're they're really nice things. Just just kind of take a quick peek. This is on uh, page eleven in um, in the manual in the back. Uh, number two is honesty. We uh, Jim did a really good class on on how honesty was all about consistency on Sunday. Um, tolerance, joy. Joy, the way he describes it here, is, is really equal to gratitude. We're joyful in a relationship instead of being ungrateful for the relationship, wishing it was a different way. I mean, it, it's really the opposite of all these that we're hanging on to and not admitting it. I don't want to be grateful. I don't want to be tolerant. 
I don't want to patience. I don't want to be faithful. I don't want to be open-minded. And it's not my fault. Look what the world's doing to me. So whenever I'm feeling, I'm not feeling one of these things and they sound pretty good. I don't have to go around trying to feel that. I don't have to go around trying to feel generous. I don't have to go around trying to feel patient. All I need to do, all I need to do, because this is what's standing in the way of that experience, is to look honestly at whoever I might be pointing the finger at right now and saying, look what they're doing to me, or look at what they're doing to somebody else that looks innocent. It's the judgments. It's only the judgments that are keeping us from this stuff. This is all good stuff. <laughs> I mean, you read about them, they sound real nice. <laughs> Joy, <laughs> generosity, um, faithfulness, patience, tolerance. I mean, they sound real good, and they are real good. But the only reason we're not having them right now is simply because I'm hanging on to a judgment, and it's keeping me from realizing internally I was the one that pushed that good stuff away. The first obstacle to peace is the desire to get rid of it. The first obstacle to gentleness is the desire to get rid of gentleness. The first obstacle to joy is that we threw it away. We try to get rid of it. And then, and then preserve that belief that we could actually throw it away by blaming somebody or something in the world. That's why it's so important that we learn this is an undoing process, the undoing of our judgments. And that allows all this good stuff to happen. That's why when Wapnick in the old days would talk about skipping steps, we would just go right to trying to be patient on our own. We would go right to tr be trying to gentle on our own. We would skip how judgmental we were being. We wouldn't even want to fess up to that on a good face of innocence kind of day, a good ego day, we don't want to face up to just how unkind and, and judgmental we're being. But that's why we need to step back and look at our judgments. And then if, if it's possible to see beyond them, to see my brother in a different light than all the blaming I'm doing on him, would I be willing to do that with the help of the Holy Spirit? And ultimately, that second step is the dark night of the soul when I realize I'm the one that's doing it. Would I be willing to look beyond that too? That I can't throw Jesus away. I can't throw gentleness away. I can't throw kindness away. I can't throw patience away. So let's look at some of the undoing parts. <laughs> I always half jokingly say, so you, you realize you, at least you don't think I'm making too much of this up. <laughs> I make some of it up, <laughs> but, but a lot of it's in here too. <laughs> so this undoing thing, it's actually in uh, number 26. The first time he mentions undoing per se is on page five in the text, miracle principle number 26. And it says miracles, Jesus is kind of miracles. Rip, um, represent freedom from fear. Atoning, atonement in the Course means undoing, and it's the undoing of fear. 
And the reason we're always afraid is because we're doing so much judging. <laughs> it doesn't quite look that way, but the, it's our judgments that keep us lo locked in fear. You know, I'm judging you because you're doing something that's making me a little bit fearful here. You're either robbing me of my peace or you're robbing somebody of peace. And so obviously I'm fearful about something you're doing or not doing. So, and once again, it, it's not about, um, it's, it's about starting with the judgments. So the fear surrounding the judgment can begin to be undone. I'm never afraid for the reason I think. Internally, I'm afraid because I don't want to go back to heaven because I got myself believing for some reason, I don't want to go back there. <laughs> it's not a good thing, which is crazy. So that's what I'm really afraid of. But then I, I put it on the world and I say, it looks like I'm afraid of this and I'm afraid of that, I'm afraid of pain, I'm afraid of COVID, I'm afraid of finances. In, in, in time and space, yeah, we're concerned about all that stuff. But that's not what we're really afraid of. And the fear, what we're really afraid of internally is just ridiculous. We think we're afraid of Jesus, which sounds preposterous, and it is. There's no reason to be afraid of him. He's not going to take anything away. So miracles, asking for help, is the undoing of fear, and it's an essential part of the atonement value of miracles. It is the, it is the value of miracles. <laughs> we undo fear. There's only fear and love. And the fear is preserved through our judgments, insisting I'm upset for the reason I think. Uh, another one is, this is uh, later on in, in chapter one, section three, and I'm on page 10. Looks like I'm looking at pa uh, paragraph five, I hope. We'll see. Okay, at, at the top of the page, Line seven, atonement undoes all errors in this respect. In the respect that we threw peace away and, and now, you know, we can have this experience of peace again. We threw love away, but not really. And it undoes our belief we could even throw love and peace away. So atonement undoes. Doesn't do anything. It just undoes all this stuff that we put up to block our awareness that all this stuff didn't go anywhere. So and atonement undoes all errors in this respect and thus uproots the source of fear. Source of fear being, I believe I left heaven and I don't want to admit that. And now all the crazy feelings I'm having like impatience and unkindness and, and not feeling very gentle, all those are just errors. All those are just things I made up and then justify them in a world full of pain. Atonement undoes all those errors that I could actually do all that stuff and uproots the source of fear, believing I'm not the son of God anymore. Whenever you experience God's reassurances as threat, it is always because you are defending misplaced or misdirected loyalty. He doesn't say this, you know, like the obvious in every sentence, but the misdirected loyalty is to, to our ego self, <laughs> to our separated self. 
that in order to maintain this separated ego self, that's where our loyalty went. And that means I got to keep God out of the picture. Because with God, there's no separation. And then what do we do instead of letting that silliness go of separation? When we project this to others, we imprison them, but only to the extent which we reinforce errors they have already made. Errors they made, errors I made. The belief that we actually separated. When we project this onto others, we say it's their fault, not mine. You imprison them. Meaning I'm saying their errors are real. I'm saying the unkind things they did, the ungentle things they did are real. Which ultimately is simply saying all the unkind, not very gentle things I did are real too. This makes them vulnerable to the distortion of others since their own perception of themselves is distorted. Well, we're all crazy. <laughs> That's what he's trying to say. <laughs> if we're, when we're in ego mode, we're all crazy. We've all got this distorted image of ourselves that we're actually separate. And it keeps us locked into this, this prison. Uh, text, uh, chapter five, looks like page 89, page 89 in the text. Paragraph five. Whenever you are not wholly joyous, this is page 89, paragraph five, section seven, decision for God, chapter five, paragraph five. Whenever you are not wholly joyous, it is because you have reacted with a lack of love to one of God's creations. It's a nice, it's a nice poetic way of saying you judge the hell out of somebody and that's why you're not feeling joyful right now. <laughs> you judge the hell out of somebody and that's why you're not feeling very gentle right now. <laughs> you judge the hell out of somebody and that's why you're kind of feeling pretty impatient right now. <laughs> Whenever you're not wholly joyous, it's because you have reacted with a lack of love to one of God's creatures, cre creations. Perceiving this as sin, we're calling what they did sin. We believe it hurts either them or ourselves or somebody else or, or everybody. We see it as sin and we become defensive because we expect more attack and more sin and more unkindness from them. The decision to react in this way is ours. <laughs> I, there's the rub. I decided to see you as impatient and unkind so, so I could justify me being uh, impatient and unkind and then never ever admit that's what I'm doing. That's why we need help with this. <laughs> we need help to be able to see it. We need the Holy Spirit. The decision to react in this way is yours and can therefore be undone. It's got nothing to do with them. <laughs> that's why it can be undone. It was my decision, and that decision can be undone. It cannot be undone, however, by repentance in the usual sense. You know, worldly forgiveness is I forgive you because you did something terrible, and it really affected me. Yeah, and that sounds good, and that's nice and all. But, but Jesus' form of forgiveness is you couldn't do anything to affect me at all, even if in time and space it was pretty bad. 
because I'm the one that originally threw love away. And if you're doing something unloving to me, I'm using that as an excuse not to see I did it. If and when, and because all this implies guilt, certainly it's finger pointing to the nth degree at the other person, they're the guilty ones. But just underlying that is, is the guilt, my own guilt. If you allow yourself to feel guilty by maintaining this judgment of the other guy, you will reinforce the error rather than allow it to be undone for you. It's the judgments that are keeping us locked in that. We need to allow them to be undone for us by the Holy Spirit. Decision cannot be difficult. This is obvious if you realize you must have already decided not to be wholly joyous if that's how you feel. So if we're feeling anything that's not kind, that's not patient, that's not gentle, it's because we already threw all that good stuff away and now we're pointing the finger at somebody else. Therefore, the first step in the undoing is to recognize that you may have actively decided wrongly. <laughs> this might not be a good choice <laughs> to insist you're upset for the reason you think. <laughs> but can as actively decide otherwise, meaning you can as actively decide to ask the Holy Spirit for help to see it differently, rather than just assuming you know what's going on. You know what the problem is, and you know who's causing the problem. And then <laughs> be very firm with yourself in this. You can see Jesus waving his finger at you. <laughs> be very firm. <laughs> Don't be messing around with this. <laughs> You're the one that's doing it. <laughs> be very firm with yourself in this. And keep yourself fully aware that the undoing process, which comes not from you, <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> You're not the one that's going to be gentle all by your lonesome. Uh, be very firm with yourself in this and keep yourself fully aware that the undoing process, which does not come from you, is nevertheless within you because God placed it there. The Holy Spirit's just there waiting to be asked. Your only part, <laughs> your part, your only part is merely to return your thinking to the point at which the error was made. I chose the ego as my teacher. I chose to believe in separation. I chose to throw all this good stuff away. And it was a mistake. And it's got nothing to do with what you were doing or not doing. We don't have to believe this stuff. I mean, Jesus will walk us through all this if we just asked him to. The first big non-belief we have is, is, of course, we believe we're upset for the reason we think. And that's a huge, that's a huge first step to admit, what if I'm not, and am I willing to see something different? So we always start with that because that's where we always wind up whenever we're in an ego place. We're blaming somebody. So just look at whoever we're blaming. Start with that. That's the way back. The sinful brother becomes the sinless brother, like in Lesson 351. So your part is merely to return your thinking to the point internally where the real error was made and then give that seeming error over to the atonement and peace. Give it over to the Holy Spirit. Ask Jesus for help to see that you didn't throw him out the window. He didn't go anywhere. 
asked Jesus to help you see you did not throw gentleness away. You didn't throw patience away. You didn't throw kindness away. You couldn't throw that stuff away. Say this to yourself as sincerely as you can, remembering that the Holy Spirit will respond fully to your slightest invitation. Slightest invitation. I mean, you can just see Jesus bending over backwards to make this as simple as possible, because <laughs> we really don't want to do this. <laughs> just give him a slight invitation, for God's sake. It doesn't have to be full-throated. <laughs> it doesn't have to be sung from the mountaintops. <laughs> it's just a little, little itty-bitty, <laughs> a slight invitation to ask for help here. And everything begins to change. I must have decided wrongly I'm not at peace. I made the decision all by myself. That's what got us into trouble in the first place. We threw Jesus away. But I can also now decide otherwise. I actually want to decide otherwise because I want to be at peace. There's some part of me that does. <laughs> I, know, I know there's some part of me that actually wants to be gentle right now, <laughs> that wants to be at peace. I do not feel guilty because the Holy Spirit will undo, not do anything. <laughs> we don't have to do anything. I need do nothing. Will undo all the consequences of my wrong decision if I let him. I choose to let him by allowing him, not me, by allowing him to decide for God for me. How you doing, Ross? You okay with this stuff? Good deal. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I, I just got off a of jury duty. Yuck. Oh, oh! Did you convict anybody? Did you condemn anybody? No, I I told them uh, based on the trial I did before that uh, the guy's guilty. Let <laughs> me go. Were you actually on the jury or did they throw you off? They threw me off. Oh, yeah. I just tell them I'm in recovery and they won't have anything to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I'm, I'm off any jury. <laughs> I have to remember that. Really? He just, no. They want people that are going to be judgmental on their side. So if you're the defense, you, you want somebody who's going to agree with you. And if you're in the offense, you want somebody to agree with you. So there's got to be some serious judgment going along. <laughs> I'm in recovery. I'm trying not to be judgmental. That's it. <laughs> you're not on jury. <laughs> Anybody else have that experience? <laughs> I, I don't tell them I'm in the course of miracles. I mean, everybody knows what telestop recovery is. So just recovery period works. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, another one. Let's see. This is text chapter nine, page 168. And I'm looking in section four, paragraph two, page 168, paragraph two. You do have a part to play in the atonement. Oh, goody. <laughs> I've been waiting for my part. <laughs> Tell me what to do, Lord. I'm ready to do something. <laughs> you do have a part to play in the atonement, but the plan of the, the atonement itself is beyond you. Oh, what does that mean? I don't really have a part to play. <laughs> we just have to invite the atonement. <laughs> That's our part. 
We just have to give the slightest invitation to the Holy Spirit. That's our part. You do not understand how to overlook errors, overlook all of our beliefs that we made in believing we could be impatient and unkind, et cetera, et cetera, or you would never have made them in the first place. We, don't, we, we set up this, this, this system of saying, yeah, I'm not all that good stuff because of what's being done to me in the world. So we don't understand how to overlook that. We need that voice of love inside of us to help us see beyond what we believe is causing the problem to what the real internal issue is and always was, which wasn't a real issue either. <laughs> Not only was, was um, I wasn't upset for the reason I thought in the world, but I'm not internally upset for the reason I think internally. I can't throw all the good stuff away. It would merely be further error to believe either that you did not make those errors. <laughs> oh, I didn't do that. <laughs> I wouldn't do something that stupid. Or that you can correct them without a guide to correction. Don't do this by yourself. <laughs> Don't do this without a guide to correction. Don't go off on a path where you're going to make yourself more patient <laughs> all by your lonesome. And if you do, do, and if you do not follow this guide, your errors will not be corrected because we're still doing it without help. That was the problem in the first place. I disconnected from source. I disconnected from the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to do all this stuff on my own. And I make up this preposterous plan to blame my lack of peace on you. <laughs> Sometimes on me, but mostly on you, somebody in the world. I mean, that was my plan. <laughs> that was all our plan as egos. And like they say in the 12 steps, how's that working for you? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, how's it going? <laughs> Are you having a good day? <laughs> And if you do not follow this guide, your errors will not be corrected. The plan is not yours because of your limited ideas about what you are. <laughs> we think we're this separate, limited, ego, self-autonomous thing running around in the world, in the body. That's what we think we are. This sense of limitation, this internal limitation of who we think we truly are, this sense of limitation is where all the errors arose and continue to arise as long as that's what we believe. The way to undo them, therefore, is not of you, but for you. Don't do it by yourselves. Anybody want to argue with that one? Bruce, what are you smiling about? <laughs> it, it's just hitting home. It's <laughs> yeah, it's good, good stuff here. Yeah. All right. Yep. Very good. Oh, go ahead, Dave. I I keep hearing you say, don't try this at home. <laughs> when when you say don't try this by yourself, it sounds like don't try this at home, but yeah. Right. What was it? Oh, oh yeah. Whenever you saw somebody doing something crazy, it was when you were a kid. It was don't, don't, 
don't try this at home. Yeah. Kids don't try this at home. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Uh, text. Looks like it's chapter 27, page 560. God, I don't know. 569, maybe. Let's see. Yeah, 569 and paragraph four. <clears throat> Forgiveness is not real <clears throat> unless it brings a healing to your brother and yourself. If in that moment, you know, I, I think I'm forgiving me, but I'm not really forgiving you. I'm still hanging on to the judgment about you. <clears throat> then forgiveness isn't real. Sometimes it works the other way. Sometimes I, I seem to be forgiving you, but I'm still hanging on to what, what I am. And that don't work either. The problem is always I, I forgive together or I forgive not at all. But it, it looks like we break it down at first. First, it looks like I'm forgiving you. You're not really responsible for me feeling any kind of lack of peace. And then ultimately, I realize <clears throat> I can't do it either. What I'm doing is made up. Forgiveness is not real unless it brings a healing to your brother first and then ultimately to yourself, which is where the problem was. You must attest his sins have no effect on you to demonstrate they're not real. Meaning we gotta be willing to give the Holy Spirit a break here and to show him that his sins really had no effect on us. That's not why we're upset. How else could he be guiltless? I mean, if he really did have an effect on me, in truth, he would be guilty. And he'd be a thing that could be guilty. And, and vice versa with me too. I would be a thing that could be guilty. How could his innocence be justified unless his sins have no effect to warrant guilt? He didn't do nothing. And ultimately, I didn't either. <clears throat> sins are beyond forgiveness just because they would entail effects that cannot be undone and overlooked entirely. that phrase undone and overlooked kind of go hand in hand. We have to be willing to have our judgments undone. And then we have to be willing to quote unquote, overlook, see beyond those judgments to what the truth is. <clears throat> in their undoing, in the undoing of those judgments, in the undoing of those errors, in their undoing lies the proof that they are merely errors. They're not real. Sin didn't really happen. His sin and my sin did not really happen. In time and space, yeah, <laughs> people are sinning all the time. But what if, what if that's not the reason I'm upset? Would I be willing to go there and entertain that even for a second? The slightest invitation. In their undoing lies the proof that they are merely wrong. Their errors is something we made up. Let yourself be healed that you may be forgiving, offering salvation to your brother and yourself. And then paragraph six. A miracle can offer nothing less to him, to your brother, than it has given unto you also. It's always for both of us. 
So does your healing show your mind is healed and has forgiven what he did not do. We let go of believing he could even do anything. And so is he convinced his innocence was never lost and healed along with you. Meaning he'll get that on some level in the mind just the way you're seeing it too. Maybe not outwardly, it won't be apparent, but on some level he'll get it because minds are joined. Minds are one. Thus does the miracle undo, doesn't do anything. (laughs) Doesn't part the Red Sea, doesn't bring Lazarus from the dead. The miracle simply is when we let go of judgment and we let peace be peace. We let gentleness be gentleness. We let patience be patient. Thus does the miracle undo all things that, that the world attest can never be undone. Judgment in the world can't be undone. People do bad things in the world. It's just a fact. But what if? That's not the reason I'm upset. And hopelessness and death must disappear before the ancient clarion call of life. This call has power far beyond the weak and miserable cry of death and guilt that we're always pointing at each other. The ancient calling of the father to his son and of the son unto his own will yet be the last trumpet that the world will ever hear. Brother, there is no death. Brother, there is no sin. Brother, there is no world. (laughs) But still, that's the third step of forgiveness. One way to look at these three steps of forgiveness that, once again, that experience of peace is the third step, and we don't have to do anything. That experience of love is the third step, and we don't have to do anything. That experience of gratitude is the third step, and we don't have to do anything. That experience of realizing there is no death is the third step. All I have to do is be involved in the first two steps, meaning letting go of judging you and ultimately letting go of judging me. That's why it's always about judgments. That's why the Course is always talking about grievances or resentments or judgments. (laughs) They're all the same thing. And they're all keeping us from that third step. And they're all wrong. (laughs) It's just wrong. I'm not upset for the reason I think I'm just wrong. Any anything before we close? I just have a, a quick uh, pop culture thing, <laughs> and that is. Oh I was watching, no, it's not uh, a Beatles thing. Well, it? No, it's not a Beatles thing. No, no I, was, I was watching a sci-fi movie last night, and and uh, the 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 uh, people in the spaceship were thinking that their communication satellite. Uh, back to earth was had malfunctioned because you know they weren't getting any signal from any place they were checking but the basic assumption that they were making was that that um you know with the problems with was with the ship well no it was, it was basically the the earth <laughs> had gone defunct and nobody was communicating but it was it was in the sci-fi you know film noir kind of thing but you know it's kind of like how we assume that we can figure it out on our own with our own little limited resources but you know, we don't have the big picture. We, you know, we, we're basically clueless as to what the, the bigger scenario is. And, and, you know, the bigger scenario is the whole, the whole thought system is a wasteland. And, and, uh, and we need Holy Spirit's help to, to see that and, and, 
and be gen gen gently guided back to <laughs> that awareness, right? Yeah. It's uh, Midnight Sky, George Clooney's movie on Netflix. That's the, that's the one, yeah, yeah. I loved it. Yeah. I, I, critics are, I think they thought it was too slow, and I don't, I don't think they wanted to look at that whole climate change thing either. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but I thought it was great. I yeah, I, I enjoyed it too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's, th thanks a lot. That's one movie I don't have to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I should have said spoiler alert. I, I was going to watch that tonight. <laughs> I should have said spoiler alert. But... No, it's pretty obvious from the beginning something's really wrong with the planet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, really wrong. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Bruce Brickman. Uh, yeah, I was. Um... Uh, in, in reading the chorus, uh, uh, we all understand that what's inside is outside. And uh, um, I was uh, walking through Walmart and uh, I ran across this as I was walking. I don't know if you can see this. Oh, pick Jesus. On the sweatshirt. Cool. Was, that on some, was somebody wearing that, Bruce? No, you can see the tag there. I had to take a picture. I didn't. I didn't dare buy it. So it does. What does it say? Pick Jesus. Period. Yeah, pick Jesus. That's good. I was just what? Well, okay. I think I'll take a picture of that. Romans. Um, what the heck is it? Oh. Ten through thirteen. I don't know about picking Jesus. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know that's a guitar pick, right? Say again, Ross. That's a guitar pick. <laughs> it's a guitar pick. Look at the picture. Yeah, it guitar be. pick. Right. It is. is it really? Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's the double entendre. Oh. Um, <laughs> it could be a guitar pick if you want to. Yes. That. That's a guitar pick. I was, you know, I was just walking down the aisle. I wasn't even looking for apparel. <laughs> and there yeah. it was. Jesus uh, will jump yeah. out and bite you in the butt whenever you're least expected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, so the ego's ego's rebuttal to that is it, it's always looking for peril and, and it will pick it, Jesus, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Don't pick at it, you'll make it worse. <laughs> yeah, really. Heather, how you doing with all this new stuff? <laughs> Or is it new? It is new. So, yeah, thanks. Oh, my God, your poor thing. Yeah. <laughs> so look at all these crazy people on the screen. <laughs> She's like, really? You, you guys really believe this stuff? <laughs> no. I, I'm a chaplain. I've pretty much met everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that, that, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. You, you're working it. Yeah. Very good. Well, come back if you feel like it. We'll be here. Yeah, we'll do. Thanks. All right. Nice to have you. Thanks, Heather. Anybody else got any parting, parting anything? All right. Lynn, you want to do 352, less than 352. This is back on page 480. Three, two, uh, All right. I was going to mention um, and forgot tomorrow morning at 10, I'm doing the laws of healing from chapter 26 section 7 so if you can called it the um, best section in the course to understand 
the process of healing. So um, it's a good one. <laughs> it's challenging, like uh, everything in the course. That's it's all true. Um, okay, so let me see. Lesson three fifty two. So it, yeah, this is like pointing out the choices. This is what what, what Jim Tynan was going about on about uh, Sunday morning. There's only two choices. One is judgment. That's blocking my experience of having all that nice stuff. Or, or I'm choosing the teacher of love, which will take me and help back to that experience because I'll lay down all the obstacles that I've, I've put up to having that experience of love. So it's either judgment and love. <laughs> if there's judgment there ain't no love if there's love there can't be judgment <laughs> all you need is love dave you're right <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> okay lesson 352 <clears throat> judgment and love are opposites from one come all the sorrows of the world. But from the other comes the peace of God himself. Forgiveness looks on sinlessness alone and judges not. Through this, I come to you. <clears throat> Judgment will bind my eyes and make me blind. Yet love reflected in forgiveness here reminds me you have given me a way to find your peace again. I am redeemed when I elect to follow in this way. You have not left me comfortless. I have within me both a memory of you and one who leads me to it. Father, I would hear your voice and find your peace today, for I would love my own identity and find in it the memory of you. Thanks, we'll get quiet and I'll bring us out. And gently, gently, Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs> Happy New Year, y'all. And thanks for a great meeting. Was was a good meeting. Thanks a lot, Tim. Thank, Thank you, Tim.
Thank you. Much love, everybody. Thank you. Happy New Year, everybody. See you tomorrow. Thank you. That was great. Thank you.